now we will begin the dance. This is the Brahms dance. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Post Game of Thrones, the official Game of Thrones podcast of the books, of the show, of the George R. R. Martin. I'm your host, Eddie Colazzo, also known as the Darkness Pokemon, and with me, as always, is Brooks Oglesby. Hi, I'm squeaky clean, smooth as a baby's bottom, Brooks, and I have great news. What is it? Um, I got my first paycheck of the school year, and I just went out to the local CVS, and I got um, a CVS Health Ped Pro, which is like a name brand, it's a generic pet egg, and I've just been luxuriating for the last hour, like working on my little feetsies. It's um, been... Disgusting. Yeah, and not only that, I also picked up... <laughs> is that wait, is that your big purchase? Yeah, it was literally, I've been, like, I had it in my mind that I wanted a pet egg. I've just for, been dying for a pet egg. I've been dying for one, but it was $9, and I didn't have that for, like, the last month. <laughs> and I also got, check this out, check this out. Everybody listen, everybody listen. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Is that, like, a lighter? No, that's a, that's a Cerise Limon Lacroix Curate. Ah. Oh, the, the cherry one. lime brand, the best brand that I can finally also afford. So it's a great day for a, talking about the worst episode of anything a, ever. A, a rare Lacroix. A rare Lacroix. Or a, a Jack Cartier, as, I, <laughs> as I've been made fun of for saying. It's 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 especially good just because you could have named him anything. I could have, but you could have named is, him Sal Frenchman, the Frenchman. I could have, but when I look at a word, I I know how it's pronounced, but when I say it with my human voice, that's not what happens. Right. So, and at that point, whoa! You just your your volume just—it sounded like you were being pulled away. Is this is this a, I'm back. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. I'm back from the upside down. It was bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was very bad. It's bad is, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had. I so had, this is our Stranger Things cast. This is our Stranger Things cast. Before that, I had jury duty today. Mm-hmm. So what happened is I went to the the county courthouse or whatever. I drove there and I sat down, and then I played Pokemon for twenty minutes, and then they said you can go home now. Cool. Because they were like, surely surely a child should not be on this jury. Not me. Because a jury is supposed to be like a group of your peers, but everyone was above 40. And I was like, great. I fit right in. And then the lady (laughs) said, like, she she used very specific phrasing. She's like, just moments ago, the dispute was resolved. Oh. I don't know what that means. And I'm very scared of it. But at least I got to go home after playing Pokemon for 20 minutes in public. Did you even, like, did you have to put on, like, a nice suit? I mean, I put on my nice shirt and pants that I wear to interviews, but I didn't wear a tie. Oh, fuck. I did just, I'm, te- I'm teaching, my first day of teaching is tomorrow, and I forgot. I went out, I was so excited about my LaCroix mm-hmm. and my pet egg that I forgot to actually get back-to-school clothes. Yeah, like, real, real man clothes, like, for grown Yeah, so I'm gonna be rolling up in a fucking CM Punk hoodie, like, what's up, fellas? CM Punk hoodie and a big dog t-shirt. Yeah, like, like <laughs> basically my Bush Gardens attire of just like uh-huh. two huge basketball shorts. It's gonna be great. Uh, this shows about Game of Thrones and my microphone not working. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 4, Sons of the Harpy. What did you think of it? It... I... I don't want to cast aspersions. I didn't care for it. Uh, I'm this... sure that everybody... I, I'm sure that a lot of people worked very hard on it. Yeah. I'm sure they were very... I'm sure it was somebody's, like, first... Somebody was a best boy grip on this, and they were very excited, and it made their family's year. It was very bad. This episode is getting the rare distinction. It's in the rarest tier of uh, Game of Thrones episodes, which I think there are only three of now, and this is the third one. And it's everyone's favorite, Suck the Dick Right Off a Dog. <laughs> yes. This is the tier we're in. I hated yeah. this episode so much. Yeah, it was... It was the absolute toilet, I would say. Like, this, next to Unbowed, Unbent, Unbroken, this is the worst episode I've ever seen. Yeah. Just because that was more of, like, from what I remember, just concentrated awful. This one was, like, a slow IV drip (laughs) of just every scene sucked. Something about it. There was so much. Oh, there was Marine and there was Dorn. And I forgot how bad that scene is. We're going to I forgot that we have to talk about that this week. Yeah. Fuck. Are you gonna get it was started? very, and it was the last episode that like when the first four episodes leaked before the season started. I remember watching it and I was like, "Fuck, I have to wait like a month to see what happens." Like, I was into it, I guess. Uh, this uh to introduce a new bit that we'll forget in a week. Uh, this episode was directed by Mark Mylod and written by Dave Hill. So okay, uh, Dave Dave Hill is is. The inventor of Ollie, if I remember correctly. Let's see. He has he has a page on Wikipedia. I believe he was the intern boy, and then like they were like, "Fuck, we have to write another season of this yeah, shit." Dave Hill has been working so- on an assistant for Game of Thrones as of season two. In 2014, Hill was assigned to write an episode for the fifth season. <laughs> Amazing, so, fantastic. Follow your dreams. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> uh, how's this one start? Uh, a guy gets out of a boat, and um, oh yeah, George like. George just destroys a fisherman's life, and he's, like, a good okay. guy. So this guy pulls a boat to shore and doesn't see Jorah, this, this, <laughs> Jorah the it, this giant bear man just splashing up to him. And, like, like you know when you're in the kid zone of a water park? It's very hard to walk when it's, like, six inches of water. You a, have to, like, do a the... A giant bear man carrying a small man. Yeah, and, he, and then, like, he doesn't look at all. And then Jorah just punches him out and then drags him to shore and then leaves two coins on his chest, which is enough for a boat? Dovageris. That's what he should have said, and closed his eyes with two fingers and put the goofy eyeball, eyeballs on him. <laughs> and then Jamie Lannister would show up and do and keep watch. Um, a thing I want to note, that this, this isn't like specifically about the show, it's just a pet peeve of mine, is people getting knocked out in fiction. Right. Like, it seems like the absolute easiest thing to do, but as far as I know, like, it's actually super hard to do and causes serious damage, and you're knocked out for, like, 15 seconds. Yeah, if... I, Yeah, I heard that, like, if it's, like, a minute or longer, like, you're... Like, your, your brain, brain dies. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just, this, yeah just I don't know. This shows the internal consistency is starting to not add up, I would say. See, Ajora, the good guy, steals a poor man's boat. But then he gives him... He gives him Two nickels. He gives him two nickels. He gives him two <laughs> copper, like, shitters, or whatever they're called in this universe. <laughs> yeah, two copper shitters is worth five golden dragons. <laughs> in in Marine, of course. Okay, but elsewhere, there's a big ship that Jamie's on. Um, and speaking of big ships, now that I mention it... Boom, boom, boom. Jamie's the cinnamon wind pulls up next to them, and he's like, hello, I'm the captain. <laughs> 
and here's my daughter, and Sam is here, and everything is good. And Eamon's in a pickle jar. Yeah. Um, so Jamie's like, hey, what's that shitty island over there? And then this random guy is like, that's the Isle of Tarth where your girlfriend was from. It's where she was born. But the thing is, Jamie just, like, smiles, and then that's it. Yeah, and then they go, he goes... He goes down to the poop deck for Bron to say funny fuck words. Also, before Bron says funny fuck words that like drove me goddamn insane. <laughs> I, I hate him. I hate him more than I've ever hated Ollie. He's I, the worst. I had to like. I had to open this. This episode took me two and a half hours to watch because I had to pause it and complain to Kim every three seconds. <laughs> so at this part, I paused it and I looked up like a uh, game of like Westeros map, and Jamie says, "Is that Estermont?" Which. Like, okay, he knows what Estermont is. Estermont is past Storm's End, which you definitely okay. know Jamie would know. Right. Tarth is before both of those. So, uh, well, like... He lost, he, he lost his hand. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's because he, he lost his hand. Okay. I was I was thinking, like, Jamie should know all this shit and not just, like, be yeah, he dumb did, because the plot. Yeah, he did, but, but, but then Locke cut his hand off. Okay, Locke cut his hand off. Locke, Locke, the Dothraki man Locke. Uh, right. Used his Arak and and cut his head, cut his hand off. Right, not Vargo the goat. The, mm-hmm. Okay, because they needed they there needed to be some consequence of Jamie losing his hand. Oh, you mean like catching a episode, cool sword? I have to say this right now. I read that there was George R. R. Martin had to send them a fucking letter that said <laughs> um, Jamie losing his hand would actually make him bad at fighting. So please make him fight bad. Yeah, I, didn't they have to like tone down the fight? Yeah, she was just, like, obliterated. literally wrote them a letter and was like, please make him at least not good at fighting because that's the point of losing his dominant hand. You can't train for one scene and then be good. They were like, okay, we'll just make him even with a trained soldier for 30 seconds and then kill him. Yeah. Uh, Fuck, this is a bad episode. So, so Jamie goes downstairs and Bronn is there just being racist for no reason. Mm-hmm. But the he thing says is, the fucking fight thing. He says all, all the Dornish do is fight and fucking fucking fight. Which, like, you could just attribute to Bron being racist and like an idiot, but the show proves him right. Like that's yeah. all they do in the show. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because I mean, it, in season four, we at least knew that like they fuck, fight, and eat berries. But mm-hmm. now, I guess he ate all the berries, and now they just fucking fight. And wear like uh vague head wraps, so you know they're they're from the Irish. They're, sh- they're from the Irish shores. <laughs> It was so. It was the worst. Um, and then Bron's like, "Yeah, Jamie, you can't fight anymore because you lost your hand." Good thing he like fights really good later with his hand that is not there. And then Bron tells Jamie to give Tyrion his regards, which was which. I mean, what? I don't even know. Like, it was nice red wedding reference. I don't know. I, uh, Bron wasn't there. Yeah, he doesn't um, know that. But hey, speaking of good beginnings of storylines, uh, Mace Tyrell is, has to go to the Iron Bank now. Mace Tyrell is such a fucking dunce. Like he's a, he's such a sweet boy in this scene, though. He is. He just he just goofs it up. He's like, hey, if the if the crown doesn't pay back the Tyrells their money, I'll take it up with my daughter, the Queen. And then it's Game of Thrones, and nobody likes to laugh, so everybody makes a mean poopy face at him. And it's just like I always kind of I don't know if this is like true or not, but I always kind of got the impression that Mace Tyrell plays up his like ineptitude. Oh, yeah. So because they're just like oh, kind of like what Littlefinger should be, like yeah. everyone underestimates him, even though he's the leader of basically like basically the most powerful house in Westeros at this point. Yeah, I, I 
I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree to that as well, just not on the show, because he just, he just is stupid and blows up. Yeah, in, in the show, he's just a, a, like a goofball. Yeah. And I was in Harry Potter. Like, I, it's... I, was he Uncle Vernon or whoever? I don't think he was Uncle Vernon, because I think that guy died. Oh. He was, uh, was he Slughorn? <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah. Those <laughs> I are like the two, those are like the two big guys I know from Harry. He wasn't Hagrid, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he was the little fat boy that got stuck in the tube in the chocolate place. Okay, of course. Uh, I, I, my favorite part of the scene was Cersei, Cersei was like, Sir Marin will accompany you, and he was just waiting outside the room for her to say Sir Marin, and then he walked in. Yeah. As always happens on this show. And this is, didn't you like tweet that this episode was like primo, just things happening because they need them to? Yes. Like, what? Speci- like, specifically the ending, but also like right. the various little. Because like, th- they're just, hey, for this episode, the Iron Bank needs one tenth of its money. Yeah, specifically one tenth of its money. That's what and we Tom need and, right now. Tommen said that Marin Tramp is the one who has to go. Mm hmm. I read, I saw something, it was like a goof, goof ups, and it said like, on the scene when Tommen goes to, uh, to talk to the church people, they're like, actually, in this scene, there are eight Kingsguard, which isn't correct, because like, <laughs> Marin's gone, and like, all these guys are dead, Jamie's not there, so like, they somehow- It's very weird they for somehow them to not just, to the Kingsguard. Yeah, they somehow just added one, and like, they're all unnamed guys. It was, it, it was Stereo Pharrell, probably. I mean, most likely it was who? Who is who's okay? So at the, who's uh, Thomas Kingsguard in this episode? Sirio Pharrell, Dario Naharis, Euron Greyjoy, uh, Benjen, ben, Benjen Cold Hands. Does, is that one or two? Be, are you asking Benjen and Cold Hands, or yeah. Benjen Cold Hands as his first and last name? Because well, on the show, his last name is Cold Hands. Okay, so Benjen Cold Hands. That's what four, five. Um, um, the door that Hodor holds. Six, Blood Raven, and seven is uh, Duncan, seven is Duncan the Tall. Eight is um, Rhaegar Targaryen. So, right. I mean, if that that's a good episode, right? Just m- much like this one, and they all have um, they all have two swords. <laughs> My favorite. That's how you know that they're good and they can protect the king. Um. So then, so then Marin's like, "Oh, I have to leave to Bravos now." And then Cersei says, "Yes, you have to go across." the ocean now and then he says okay bye and then he leaves on his intercontinental voyage immediately yeah. <laughs> right but 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 before uh mace is like i'll give the titan of bravos your condolences or some yeah. shit like being a goofy dad and cersei can't stand it yeah and then cersei's mean to pycelle for no reason and then dips you just like she's just like yeah it's he, he makes a comment about the small council getting smaller and she's, she's like, not small enough. But we just needed a sentence to end the scene with, because this will never come up again. Like, Cersei's, uh, in the books, in the books, her, like, is it mistrust or distrust? Mistrust? I think I use them interchangeably. Of, uh, Pycelle is, like, almost kind of justified in that she's, like, paranoid about everyone, and also he has been seeing Marjorie or whatever. Yeah. But in the show, it just happens for absolutely no reason. Because yeah. he's completely portrayed as, like, a Lannister sympathizer. And oh, all he sure. ever does yeah. is pretend that he can't walk good. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why she hates him he so just, much in the show. He fucks and slumps. That's all he does. Yeah. So we see that Cersei opened the letter from Littlefinger as she has invited the High Sparrow to her chambers. Yes. And then she reinstates Poof. the Faith Militant for absolutely for no, no reason. No reason. No reason at all. It's... Listen... 
<laughs> listen. Listen. In the books, she, like, needs the support of the faith because the Sparrow movement has come to town. And, like, she needs t- the blessing of Tommen. And also they have millions of dragons in it, debt. I, the faith. I read, I read, it's one million gold dragons that they owe. And I'm not yeah. even sure if that was the total sum, but he was like, that's the, what we're agreeing on. Here she's literally like, hey, what's up? I'm the queen regent. Thanks for coming by. I command you to raise a legitimized army that I have no control of. Like, in the in the books, I, I took it as she kind of didn't know the history of the Faith Militant, like why it was outlawed. Yeah, sure. And she was just like, great, this is going to make me look good, and it'll make us look good, and everything will be fine. And also, I get to, like, show that I have power, etc., etc. In this, she brings it up to him, like, remember the Faith Militant? You want it? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 amazing that she only knows enough about the faith to know that they're super homophobic. Yeah, uh, to kind of we're, we're like diving through alternate timelines here, but uh, I'm going to get into a question now because it sure. relates to this. Uh, this one comes in from friend of the show Venusaurophobia, as is written in the first sentence of the message. <laughs> um, in the last episode, the the it begins. In the last episode, you said that Cersei brought fantasy Westboro Baptist to power for no reason. <laughs> but I assumed it was so that they would lock up her arch-nemesis daughter-in-law's brother for having a Dorn birthmark. It was her horribly <laughs> planned way of hurting Marjorie while shifting blame to maintain the Tyrell alliance. Am I honeypotting, or am I just smarter than both of you? you well... <laughs> you probably, you, it's probably a bit of both. Yeah, I won't take issue with the final point. Yeah, but, like, it's so convoluted. Yeah, like, I... I, I do, like, I get the whole, like, narrative purpose of it in the books that, like, she, like, we talk about it all the time, that, like, Cersei's paranoia is, is, like, fucking herself over constantly. And that's evident in the books, but it's clear, like, if she has the power to reinstate the Faith Militant, then like... she could just send him to jail. Like... Yeah, it's, it's not as if, like, they weren't already living in a homophobic society. But the thing is, in the books, it's not like you go to church jail for being gay. Like... Kind of nothing happens. They just, like, make fun of you. Sure. Which is yeah, still like, shitty, but, like... Yeah. And, like, she could appoint one of her fucking... Like, make Kyber in the High Septon if you have all this power. Like, make fucking Jamie do it. Like, or even, like, stipulate that, like, hey, since the crown and the faith of the two pillars, like, I need to have, like, some degree of authority in these matters. Anything! And, like, even introduce the... Like, with her saying, like, I know we owe you lots of money, so how about this deal? Like, but he he literally just like shows up and he's like, "What do you want?" Like, hey, he says that like what happens is she's like, "Do you want wine?" And he says like, "Oh no, I don't drink wine." It should yeah, be he like, talks, like all this cool straight edge shit. He says like, "I should say it as a holy man, like keeping my body pure, but I just don't like it. It's yucky." And then she's like, yeah. "Do you want an army?" And he's like, "Yes." Yeah, like, do you want a holy, like, legitimate, legitimized army that also, like I'll have the control of? For what happens, there's no reason why they couldn't have like what they really wanted to do is say that these guys kill, like, they brutalize gay people. Aren't they bad? It wasn't even about... Because if they wanted to have Cersei, like, get Marjorie, they could have just done the book plot line. Like, oh, she, yeah, like sure. she could have just sent Loras to take Storm's End and be like, well, Stannis isn't there, go take it. And he'd be like, yes, yeah. my queen, I am a brave knight. You know? Yeah, it's, the, it's this really, like, interesting and progressive and mind-blowing thing that they're doing that nobody else has ever thought of doing, where they portray where they portray gay people being like, like people like having yeah, characters yeah except not and they just use them they just portray homophobia and then that makes them progressive by showing like brutalized gay bodies yeah, they like, really like homophobia is the main character of this plotline 
yeah, it's this, like, how can you be writing the most popular show in pop culture and, like, not realize, like, all of the the fan discourse about how, like, gay and lesbian characters can never be happy and they're always brutalized and it's always, like... They, remember they said they, they don't, they're like, we see what people saying online and we don't care. Are you triggered, social justice warriors? <laughs> Literally! This is an intellect-only zone. Yeah, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I sure do. I sure do hate him. Uh, so she says, what if I told you of a sinner in her midst? And uh, meanwhile, the faith militant go to knock over some wine because I guess like they're super straight edge now. Yeah. And then Lancel gets the seven-pointed star on his even forehead. Then, like, like, even even then, they go to like Littlefinger's fucknasium and they're like, uh-huh. you guys are being gay. It's time to die. So they do that. Oh my god, they, they, first of all, you see, like, you see some hetero fucking, mm-hmm. and they're, like, tearing it up, and they're all making wave face, I swear to god. <laughs> like, they're all, like, tucking their, like, chin into their neck and, like, making evil eyes at everybody. <laughs> like, it's the most bullshit, like, nobody... But uh, also, the, then, the guys they accuse of doing gay, you don't see them doing gay. They're just, like, sitting there. Right, so you just, you see Olivar come out, everybody's favorite character, <laughs> and you hear them yelling like a, like you hear them in the gay room and they're shouting that there's a this is especially bad it's mega buggery yeah and we're especially homophobic above all in this show yeah buggery used the fucking mega stone and mega evolved uh-huh into mega buggery for reasons <laughs> for reasons uh as man we just can't write anything but, about a populist but, movement but or anything even then even then you could say like they did a, like at the like most extreme leap of logic you could say that, like, they raided the sex house and caught anyone who was doing what they didn't like. But then they just arrest Loris in the street for being gay, even though he's alone and by himself. We see him sparring for a second for the first time in the show. Yeah, he's just, like, practicing swords. For and they're like, over here, second. Over, they're like, over here, cake boy. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, nice birthmark, asshole. Yeah. And then... Loris looks at Lan- Lancel and he goes, who do you think you are? And Lancel goes, justice. Did we talk about how uh, to be a church fighter, you have to have some uh, seven-pointed star carved into your head and then you sit up straight like a Frankenstein and it's like dried and cauterized in the very next scene? Yeah, it's like how wounds stop hurting as soon as you get them. Oh, you drink soup. And, <laughs> and then you're good. And then you can do hardcore parkour. Yeah, it's very good because it's it's like it's like they're a cult and they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So they they have they have the cool the cool face. Also, you can tell good good character design because later when Tommen goes to see them, they're all wearing they're wearing robes, but they're also wearing like chains, like they're they're mm. ho- held hostage by their fanatical beliefs because they're bad. Fuck yeah, yeah, like fuck youth group. Uh, I. Yeah. More deep symbolism. I read an article. It was a Tumblr post or something, but it was about how the Red Wedding in the books was good and in the show it was bad. Because, <laughs> of course, but in the books it's kind of like there's a lot of foreshadowing to it, but in the show it's portrayed as just like a shocking thing. Right. And this person, Fancy that. This person who wrote the uh, article pointed out that the phrase sigil is literally a double crossing. Fuck, that's so good. It's so good, is the thing. Fuck. <laughs> it's so good. I love the books, Eddie. They're so good. They're so good. Fuck. That's super good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I was actually, I read, I read, uh, uh, I was gonna say friend of the show. I don't think that they've ever listened, but there's this very good blog, Turtle Paste, 
on Tumblr, turtle hyphen paste that does like these fine tooth comb reviews. And I that just was, read the that, one on Red Wedding. That might have, I don't know if that was it, but. I don't know, but, um, and like, just like pointing out that, oh, yes. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. That's, that's the one I saw. Okay. And just like pointing out how Kat smiled for like the first time on the goddamn show. And it was just to like make, like it makes the viewer feel bad. Yeah, and like how it doesn't make any goddamn sense that Talisa was there, but they just like had to tie up that loose end. And they just, creatively, it made sense. They were never interested in telling any story relating to, to Talisa, so they were just like, wouldn't it be fucking cool if we stabbed I a just, fetus? I still, like, three seasons later, just the phrase, like, Talisa honeypot is just so funny to me. Because it, it's, it makes so much more sense. And like, I, I'm thinking back and like, I still think it's like my favorite episode, but it's still not... It, it still, like, doesn't hold up logically. It's just, like, very exciting. What, the Red Wedding? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I, I remember, I think I remember us saying good episode, not completely ironically, during that. I guess, but that was before, like, we knew what the future held. That's fair. Yeah. That yeah, was before- yeah. <laughs> it's a bummer that, like, that's when they stopped reading the books. Yeah. And they were like, hey... Uh-huh. People like it when we just kind of, like, throw shit at the wall randomly instead of foreshadowing. Oh, like a twist. Like a twist. Just th- so- things happening doesn't make it a twist. <laughs> like, was Melisandre being old? Was that a twist? Like, no. Well, the thing about that is that she was very old. Oh, gross. And then she had she had a body that was that was that was older and thereby less sexy than the body we had seen before. So then, oh. so then you watch the greatest show on television, and all of the discourses. Oh no! I I jerk off to an old person. Oh, gro- oh you got me again. Red wedding too. Red wedding too. My boner died. Red, yeah, you stabbed it you right g- in the shaft. You give my boner bread and salt, and this is how you repay me. Fucking what happens in the show? Um, Marjorie confronts the child king about why her brother's in the cell. And then she and he's manipulates... Like, he's like, I'm eating my kid cuisine. What do you want? He's literally eating a kid cuisine! <laughs> a king-sized kid cuisine. King cuisine. <laughs> um, and then she manipulates the child into doing her bidding against his mother. Um, and then, like, Tommen's like, hey, do you, are you gonna, like... Are you Are you good? Are we good? And then like, she just like storms off and she's like, like no, I'm I not need... coming home tonight because she's the worst. Yeah. And is then Marjorie, Tommen can... is Marjorie a good character or a bad character? Like no, good she's or evil? Been... She's she's a good character because Cersei's bad. I thought Cersei was good. Well, she's not good in this next scene. Okay. For this episode. Okay. Because then Tommen confronts Cersei and why she's is all... every character on this show just the big show? It really, because in interviews, Big Show's just like, oh, fucking, uh, Big Show is a seven-foot-tall wrestler in WWE programming, World Wrestling Entertainment. He's very big, and he's bad, and he turns good and bad all the time. Also, there was one time he dressed up like the New Year's baby, and he cried. <laughs> there was this whole storyline um, where he, he he feuded with this guy called the Big Boss Man, who was just a cop wrestler, and um, the Big Boss Man stole his father's casket at his funeral and drove away and connected it to the back of his truck and drove it through the through the cemetery with his casket dragging across the ground and then the big show jumped on it and got dragged around holding his father's it, wrestling is really good <laughs> remember yesterday when finn balor was the demon but also he had joker words on him and also had he had a demon eye in his back that had a fucking statue of liberty hat 
Like, how can, how can you be badass to 12-year-olds and pandering at the same time? No one who yeah. lives in New York has ever seen the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> oh, man, wrestling's really bad. Don't watch it. Remember that fun main event? It was really bad. We, me and Eddie watched... Did you watch... I watched six hours of wrestling last I night. I didn't... I, I was, like, going it, tuning in and out of it. Okay. Like, I, watched, I had it up, but I was going between Game of Thrones and pausing Game of Thrones and yelling and then watching wrestling and being like, right. oh, uh, Apollo Crews is there and he lost to The Miz. Clean. Perfect. And right. then... I missed... I watched the entire two-hour pre-show and then I watched the four-hour show. And um, the six-hour shows in the main event, um, a person lost by getting a punch. Unless your name is Wrestle Kingdom 8, I'm not watching a four-hour wrestling show. Oh, for sure. So, like, Brock Lesnar sucks. Yeah, and Randy Orton is bad. It's it's bad. Randy Orton sucks. How do you have your two main events go to no contest? Yeah. In a six-hour like, show? I, haven't, I don't think I've said this in, like, a couple episodes, but I, fuck Roman Reigns. Fuck Roman Reigns. Also, uh, New Japan wrestling is very good. Fuck Davos. Where's, where's he been? No, he's not in this episode. Yeah, because it's the one episode where they try to make Stannis nice. Fuck, we have to talk about that scene. This episode's really bad, Eddie. It is. That's why I want to talk about Kenny Omega and how good he is. Kenny Omega's very good. He he did everyone's moves. He did his best friend's moves, and then he did the previous leader's of Bullet Club's moves, but only his move was strong enough to win. It was the the Walter White. He took took the moves from the people who he he beat, Uh or who... And he, like he, he became the danger. He became the danger. God, he's fucking good. I like, has, I like how the first ever foreigner G1 Climax winner is some dude who's like, his theme song is like Sephiroth music. <laughs> anyway, um, this bad Yeah, watch, Japanese wrestling is very good. It is. All of it. Um, so Tom and Nun is all about the High Sparrow all of a sudden for this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he literally goes into Cersei's room and he goes, you reinstalled the Faith Militant and talked to the High Sparrow, who is the new person that, wh- he's been eating kid cuisine all season. <laughs> and Cersei, Cersei like swirls a glass of red wine. She says, yes, I've heard of this Night's King. <laughs> so Cersei has the power to just like go over Tommen's head, even though like in the last episode they were like, Cersei's power dwindles except, every day. Which except is for weird. when she doesn't. Mm-hmm. In the book, she can do that because Tommen is eight. Tommen is eight. Like, he's old enough to fuck in this world. That means, like, you can be king, right? Yeah. Even Joffrey Joffrey never fucked. There's literally the entire, um, the Winds of Winter came out today, and the entire Tommen plot is just Cersei trying to, like, figure out how much golden dragons to give him, like, when he loses a tooth under his pillow. Like, it's the whole book. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's, like, 976 pages that just say Joffrey never fucked. Yeah, well, that's like the he he did replace the appendix with thirty pages of just Joffrey never fuck. <laughs> it wasn't as good. I've been waiting for the Winds of Winter for six years, and it I gotta say it wasn't as good. Nope, someone's cranking their hog down. Oh, down. speaking of Sansa, she's not in this episode. <laughs> yep, good. No, she is. Um, fuck, is she? She's in the crypts with little Christ, Christ. Fuck, I hate this episode. All right, so Tommen goes to talk to the High Sparrow and. But he's praying, so, and, like, I remember that trick that I used to do in high school, and my mom would knock on the door, and I'd be like, I'm praying, can't come in. Um, 
And then they don't let him in, and there's almost a fight, but it's not episode nine yet, so... Mm-hmm. So there can't be a fight. And then the guy starts yelling about how Tommen's an abomination, and the populism never comes up again. Um, man, remember when people rioted in season two because they were just hungry for bread? Remember when they ripped the highest, like, ranked church official to shreds because yeah. there was no bread? That was from the Fuck. book, though. Man. If only they had kept him alive and, like, I bet he was, like, super, like, progressive on LGBTQ plus issues. Yeah. But, um, oh, well. I mean, you, so could, Tom, you, could, you could say that's why they ripped him to shreds. They have none of it. Yeah. So Tom tells Marjorie that there's no way to free Loris, and I quote, without violence. I if only violence. there was a way. If only he could choose, choose violence. It. And then, so Marjorie goes, I'm going to go talk to meme grandma. And then she goes to leave mm-hmm. to talk to meme grandma. Uh, John. And then we're at the wall. John Snow. Um, John's explaining to people how to fight while Celise like starts dragging John's. Yeah, John's, like, John's so fighting with the sword because that's his entire fucking character. And then Celise goes, "I'm bad too." <laughs> Do you see that good boy down there? I'm the opposite. Yeah. And, um, and then Melisandre is like, "We are all good in the Lord of Light's eyes," and she's yeah, like, I've been, "She's like, yes, master." I've been <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about how George said that Melisandre is the most misunderstood character. Like, I really want to do a reread just of her, because, like... Doesn't she only have one chapter, though? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna like, reread you, um, A Dance with Dragons soon, so... Yeah, because, like, the whole thing is, like, you think that, like, you just kind of think of her as, like, this one-dimensional, like, she's evil and she's manipulating Stannis, but, like, she genuinely believes these things. Mm-hmm. So, like, when she was, like, she was just being nice to Shireen, like, she actually meant that, until episode nine, when she's, like, when Stannis is, gets a little chilly, and he's, he's like, fucking burn your daughter. Burn the but, witch! I'm a witch, but so yeah, um, yeah. She, Celise is being an ass about like her her daughter because she has acne or whatever, and then Mel's like, Shireen is literally perfect in this episode. Shut up. Yeah, she says okay. And, and then so then Celise leaves, and Melisandre goes, "I'm evil now for this part." Um, Steve, Stannis, hey, remember what happened when you trusted Davos at the Blackwater? And Stannis literally looks at her titties mm-hmm. and says, "I need you." <laughs> And then, so, the, like, and then that, the reins of Castamere started playing. It was weird. Yeah, that was weird. And then, and then she she opens up for cleavage a little bit more, and then a, a skull flies out of it, just like a, <laughs> a flaming skull. Flaming skull. <laughs> and it's and the skull <laughs> says Halo Two on it. <laughs> yeah, the thing. I don't know. Like product placement is fine. Like I understand like like capitalism and all that shit. Like, but just do like do quick cuisine or Halo Two. <laughs> You know, you have ten episodes, and you can fit it in somewhere. So then, Melisandre goes, "I need to serve my lord." And then there's a hard cu- there's a hard cut to John. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. She needs to serve her lord, and then there's a hard cut to John's. Do you? If you, she said, she she said a noun, and then it, it shifted to a proper noun. Who is John? Who's John? The, the lord. She said. She said. She, lord she, she might as well have said. In my dreams, all I see is snow. Snow is capitalized. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was a good one, George. And I saw right through that shit. <laughs> uh, Sam's helping John write some criminal letters, and this is like the most Sam Sam has ever been because he's not talking yeah. about how big his it dick is. It was really weird. Like, it was it was honestly jarring because it was just like he didn't talk about his dick or like wanting to fuck Gilly or like, like killing he, a White Walker at all. Yeah, and he's like, "You got to send these letters to get support." And John's like, "Even to the Boltons," and Sam's like, "Even to the Boltons," and then John's like. Have you checked on the old blind guy who you said was sick a couple days ago? Is he still in the pickle jar on the boat? Did you put him in a pickle? 
Get him out of the pickle jar! What are you doing? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was like a chirogenic. Fr- I don't know. It's so Sam Get leaves. Sam leaves, and then Melisandre walks in and takes her titties out. Okay, we gotta go. This is this scene was a lot. We gotta go step by step on this one. Okay, so Melisandre says you have to join us on their way to on your, our way to Winterfell. So then she says, "There's only." He says, "I can't take part in the war in the realms of men." And then Melisandre says, "There's only one war worth fighting for: the war for life." Here is my boobs and my vagina. Mm-hmm. And, and then John, she like straddles John and takes out her boobs. And then, and then John just presses on her nipple like he's fucking playing Galaga. <laughs> like, what is he doing? He's just like beeping it. And then he recoils after a couple of weeks. He's like, oh, eager it had titties. I can't. He says, he says, I lay with the wildland girl. And she's like, no one asked. You know, and then. She, and she's she literally, she's like, we have the power to, to make life. We have the power to make murder shadows. Mm-hmm. Like, she says that to seduce him. And then he's like, ah, eager it. I can't. I can't. Then she leaves and says, you know, nothing. She like says the eager meme, like, and then nothing ever comes of it. But yeah, <laughs> like she just says it because we know it. Yeah, she says she says Mance Raider died three episodes ago, and nothing happened. Yes, yeah, and then that's the end I thought I thought it was weird when uh, she walked in and she took she took her uh, like cloak or whatever off, and she was like, "The dragon will have three heads." And John's like, "I don't know what that means." Yeah, and then she, and then when John like. Galaga beeped her boob, and then she like took off her necklace, and then the boob was older than he thought, and he was like, "Ah, Egret, I can't." It was one very old boob, and then she said, "Gold will be their crowns, and gold will be their shrouds." <laughs> and John's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, you know nothing. And then she she puts back on her necklace, and then she goes, "And you will be my forest lass." And then wherever whores go, and then she likes she like just sprints away. Mm-hmm. Weird writing in the scene. Yeah, she just summons a horse from the ground, and then and then kind of gallops away it was a weird scene uh then stannis likes his daughter he gets a visitor and uh, shireen is here and um then shireen's like hey dad and then stannis is like are you bored you fucking idiot do you know why i didn't throw you away to the fucking like uh, asylum of stone people so which, which i love that they had to fucking like Explain. all of, like the first four episodes is just uh, yes, the stone men of Valyria, which people with very contagious grayscale go to. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so Shireen walks in, and she's like, yeah, I heard that Mom said that I don't, she doesn't want me to come, she didn't want me to be here. And then Stannis is like, she shouldn't have said that. I'm glad that you're here. And then Shireen just asks if he's ashamed of her, which doesn't make sense, considering the context of what they just said, but it's still tear-jerky, so, like, whatever. And... Here's the thing. Like, I was very moved by this. Like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is, they're finally going to humanize Stannis a fucking little bit. Mm. Um, so Stannis just tells her the story of her grayscale finally? Like, she's like 12. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to know why your face is all fucked up? Um, in like, the, has he really not never told her? In the behind the episode thing, they were like, we really needed this scene to, to show another side of Stannis that he isn't just all about you know, his his ambition and his goals of being king. He's also Which just, is like, weird a dad they and a did, guy. They did have that one shot where it was, like, fucking Rocco's modern life, and we saw through Stannis' eyes, and you just saw, like, Melis- you saw, like, Shireen just kind of, like, transmogrify into the Iron Throne, because that's all he wants, and that's all he can think about. But, you know, it was really just so when he, she gets set in fire, we feel sad. Yeah, and then she goes in for the hug, and then Stannis, 
like has to be very careful because the Iron Throne is very sharp and he's uh-huh. very ambitious. Oh, watch your, watch your, Ooh, watch, watch, your, watch your thorns. Your point these, my daughter. And so, so yeah, he goes, you are the princess Shireen Baratheon and you are my daughter and you belong with me and fuck, it is cold. Please light up the altar and burn her to death. <laughs> fuck, it is cold out here. Shit. Jesus, snows haven't even started yet? Fuck. I just I just got the Doppler weather radar report that said the win- that winter's coming in two weeks. Fuck. Remember in the next scene when uh, Littlefinger says that Stannis' army is bigger and he survived worse than he can bear storm? Right, because Littlefinger has the premium Doppler radar and he knows that winter is about to come. Except he doesn't and know Ramsay Bolton, but march. he doesn't know Ramsay Bolton is bad. He doesn't know shit about that nice boy. <laughs> So, oh, speaking of, like, the shittiest hard cuts in the world, fuck Mark Mylod for all this shit. Um, so, Shireen is my light bringer, get it? Uh-huh. Um, so, so, they, so Stannis and Shireen hug, and then they literally do a hard cut to the flame that Sansa's holding in her hand. Mm-hmm. Because, because Shireen gets, she gets burned to death. What if, what if Shireen is Stannis's Nisa Nisa, and he she was his sacrifice to to become the Lightbringer? What if what if that was what they were trying to imply? Is that your impression of me? That's this is my impression of a Reddit guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a lot of theories, and he, I know he died the next episode. But what if it was what they were doing? I really like this new, this hot new intellectual property. I'm excited to see where he goes. Does anyone else think that Ned and Lyanna are Jon Snow's parents? I think Game of Thrones is all about uh, subverting expectations, and wouldn't it be interesting if the honorable Ned fucked his sister? I know Tyrion raped a sex slave, a sex worker twice, but he's not a rapist. Because is cause, Tyrion anyone else's favorite character? Because no one likes them. Hey, does anybody else think that that Davos is is nice? Davos is nice, and will get the good ending of everyone. He's he's Stannis's best friend, and he's his good conscience. I think a feast for crows is kind of where the series fell off. I think a feast for crows and a dance with dragons are bad, and also I don't like Quentin Martell. I'm gonna send George a letter telling him to not die before he finishes the books. Come on, George, we're waiting. I have this theory that George is actually sitting on the last two books, and he's finished them years ago, but he just wants to wait until the show's over to release them. You have to water me, George. You have to use your pee. George, (laughs) give me that hot yellow stream. George. Blast me with piss, George. Blast me with piss from your fat pink shaft, George. Please, fill a kiddie pool and let me just submerge myself in your piss, George. (laughs) I need some of that Arbor Gold, George. George, there's some Dornish red in here. You should really talk to a doctor. <laughs> All right, for everyone, everyone stop listening. So we is can Kim just talk- still in the room? Kim is, but she's watching Stranger Things again. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can do that bit because she has headphones in, so, like, she won't make me leave her home. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, look out your window and you'll see Apollo with a fucking what? hat and, like, a suit. No, no, no. <laughs> we were talking about swimming in a kiddie pool of George R. R. Martin's pee. Oh, so you thought if I was listening, I'd be offended? And make me leave. Leave. I'm doing a podcast right now. Okay, stay. Okay, thanks. So kind. Thanks, we get to keep the studio. Yeah. Okay, well, she beat, I beat you in mini-golf yesterday. She beat me by one single stroke. Mm. You see, the you know thing... You know what would be really funny about one single stroke? What? What if, like, you did that to your penis? I, I cranked my penis like a golf course? Disgusting. <laughs> See, the reason we, we caught up in score is because uh, Kim, every, every, like, Kim would be really 
close for the most part, but then one hole she'd take like eight putts, and I'd be like, yes, my time to catch up. But the thing is, I was just consistently bad. Right. So I was bad the whole time. Was, that was your one. Your one fatal flaw was that you were consistently bad at mini golf. Yeah, and I was not good for that one little. If yeah, if only there was that one time where I didn't get like my golf ball bounced back by the chipmunks that were riding hogs. Then, yeah. Like nice. Yeah. So man, forty-five minutes in, huh? All right. So Sansa's in today's lighting... Mabim Bam Griffin constantly says crank, cranking hog. Does he really? Yeah. God damn it. I mean, like, it, it's, it, it is just a saying, but come on, like, that's our thing. Please. You have everything. Please. Can I just have... We've, we've taken so much from you. Please, like, be the better man. <laughs> I guess it's like, it, you know, that's how, like, trade relationships work. Yeah, I guess. But they have a much bigger stature than us. Yeah, but but only true Pigot fans will know that that, that was, that's our one non-derivative reference. Yeah, the Jon Snow's dick. Jon Snow cranking his penis to completion. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so Lyanna Stark is, they're in the crypts, and then she finds the feather that Robert left there five seasons ago, and then Littlefinger's there. And so the first thing that fucking Sansa says is, oh, Ned never talked about Lyanna. Um, Which, like, isn't true, right? So, so okay, so Ned was just always fucking talking about how good of a fighter he was and how good he killed Arthur Dane. The only thing Ned ever talked about is how good he killed Arthur Dane and how shiny he made his sword by the sad tree. Please, Father, tell us tell us anything about Aunt Liana. Listen, this dude had two fucking swords, two of them. Uh, yesterday, I was, I was complaining about Dornish things yesterday to Kim, and I was like, everyone in Dorn like doesn't like House Martell looks this way, but not everyone is like just nondescript brown person in a turban. Yeah. And I was like, Arthur, and then I was like, Arthur Dane was white, and she goes, Oh, he had two swords, and I was like, We need to not do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we we literally know that Ned has told the story about killing Arthur Dane thousands of times. Uh-huh. But he just like so he, they never had the context that he he they never he never told the where's me sis and now it ends shit. Like he so it was never like, "Oh, to save your aunt Liana, I got, went and killed Arthur Dane." He was just like, "You ever hear those legends about that good fighter?" Guess what I mean, to be fair, Sansa was Littlefinger was like, "Do you know who your aunt Lyanna was?" And Sansa's like, "Yeah, she was raped by Rhaegar Targaryen." Yeah, so and like Sansa, have you even looked at a fucking wiki, wiki once in your life? Yeah, come on, seriously, like, like people, like I can say Arpacelic was Jada. People who've never seen a fucking who's never seen Lord of the Rings, like, and they already know. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, and then, like, Littlefinger tells a story about, like, the tourney of Harrenhal, but he does in, li- in Littlefinger voice, so nobody listens. I, uh, friend of the show, Trim- Trim- Matt Trimampoline, our Pokemon rival, said, like, read the notes section of this on the Game of Thrones Wikipedia. Just read the whole thing. And it's, like, ten pages long. So, Very I'm, good. like, I, I get, I get it, but it's, it's a lot. And one of the notes is, this is the first time the tourney at Harrenhal is mentioned in the show. Jesus Christ. Season five. You know what's great about it is the story's all about how important ceremony and tradition and high culture is. Like, this faux pas made everybody's smiles die. It was the day all smiles died. And it was because he like, gave this flowers was like, to a different girl. This was like the shooting of Franz Ferdinand of A Song of Ice and Fire. It literally was. And it fucking... Wasn't it, wasn't it like Baristan or somebody? Or maybe it was Littlefinger who was just like, yeah, it, nobody would be dead if it weren't for this one social faux pas. Yeah. 
but then Cersei blows up the Pope and it's fine. <laughs> yep. Um, so Littlefinger's going to King's Landing to a, a appease Cersei. I, I'm going to be honest. I have absolutely no fucking idea why he's doing this. Like, not even as, like, a cynical, like, yeah, Vishal is bad. But, like, I genuinely don't know why he has to do this. It's, it's to, to deflect suspicion from Cersei. Because if he doesn't go when, she's, when he's summoned, then she'll think something's up. Oh. With the public marriage that they're going to do. Okay. I guess we'll have to tune in next week. So... And does does Littlefinger not know like that the last time there was that we have precedent for this? There was a time when Sansa when Stannis was marching to where Sansa was when she was a prisoner and she was literally going to be murdered before he could liberate her. Do you know who else knows that Sansa? And that would probably be on her mind. Uh, oh, it's it's not. Remember when we, like, it's not though. When it was in that episode that George R. R. Martin wrote called the Blackwater, it was very good. Actually, that episode is probably better than the Red Wedding. Now that I think about it, yeah. but um. And then, like, she finds out that Ilan Payne is going to fucking kill them before Stannis can ever get them. And, like, Roose would have an especially vested interest in killing her to, like, delegitimize the Starks. But Littlefinger's like, it'll be fine. Stannis will win. Jon's not Azora High. Stannis is. And then he he kisses her, and then he's like, remember, uh, fucking avenge him or whatever. I don't know. I gotta go. Bye. I love you so much. I gotta go. See you later. Only cat. Um... (laughs) No, your sister. Yeah, only only your sister. Bronze rowing Jamie to shore now, and they get to Dorne. And then they sleep until morning so that they can be seen better, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. They get there at nighttime, and they're like, this is a good place to wait until noon to walk around. But they're sleeping on they're sleeping on the sand, and then there's a shot of, like, from below, and it's, like, Bronze standing above Jamie, and he has a knife blade. And Jamie's like, oh, but Bronze throws the knife blade, and he hits a snake. Yeah, there's a snake right there that was And Brian says, right. he says, oh, I gov, now we got some lunch. Yeah, and then they make snake kebabs. I don't think... Just, just like is, the Outback. Um, I didn't see this note anywhere in, like, any weird goofs, and but I don't think this type of venomous snake is native to the Irish shores, so... Yeah, I would probably say not. So then... The only kind of snake that I think is, is native is the sand snakes, who will so, see later. So then they um, start walking, and then four uh, house Martell guards walk up and they're like no, they're like they're hey, like you are not from here where is my accent from <laughs> it's literally like the dude's name is Derek yeah like for sure so okay so these Dornish guards are just like patrolling this abandoned beach and they're just like like um I don't know how like I don't have like the inside scoop on the immigration policies of like of the seven kingdoms mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure like Doran isn't like especially like, like it's, hey it's hey, fine. Like, it's not, they're not just gonna come across people and be like, "Why the fuck are you in one seventh of the world?" Like, there's no border police anywhere. Yeah. Like, I guess it would be weird. They're they, they're like, "What are you like? Why are you here?" Yeah. Not they, but they were like, "You're not from here." Yeah, and they're little, and then Bron goes, "Hey, it was a shark attack, Gov," and then they go, "There are no sharks in this ocean." Yeah. What? And then Jamie goes, it could have been a dolphin, and then they all fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, all of these all of these horsebacked guards have, like, the long tourney swords that can just, like, obliterate people. Um, uh-huh. But then Bron-, Bron kills the two of them that have those, and then the rest of them retreat for the purposes of this battle. Remember when one of them swings at Jamie and he catches it with his cool golden hand? Like yeah, it was very good. Because, like, how do you miss the point that badly? 
he's, the point he's, a, he's, a, he's about to lose, and then he he flinches with his sword hand by putting it up and punching the sword. I guess, like even if that was an like, what if he like? How is that an instinct to catch a sword with your hand? Like he never no, yeah. tried that before. He didn't know that would work. Like he could have rolled. He could have done a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, but it would have been cool for us to see. Yeah. Oh, hey, wow, I'm actually a better fighter than before now. Woof, we were so close to some character development right George there. Like, I, love, I love my sister Cersei. Uh, and then they, they, they actually did the scene. Remember when in A Feast for Crows when Jamie gets the letter from Cersei and he's like, put it in the fire? That's what um, D&D did with George's letter about Jamie being a good fighter. <laughs> Do you remember... I. I did you do you know the thing about Baristan's actor? About he how, like, he wrote a letter that was like, please don't kill me, and they were like, we want to kill him even more. Yeah, because like the dude's a book reader, and he was like, and also he's so fucking good on Twitter. I know we've talked about this before. I'm yeah. sure we have, but uh-huh. just like, like he was like, like, like there's somebody who's like, why did your character have to die? And he's like, fucking ask D and D. Like, <laughs> like why is the show so stupid? No idea. Yeah. And it was like, what would you like? What would you have liked to see from the books? And he was like, fucking like any fight. <laughs> and like, I saw somebody like tweeting at him, just like the then come, like the most badass Baristan line. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Anyway, he's not the only one. Yeah. Anyways, so Alaria is meets up with the Sand Snakes at like their sand tent, just like their sand pavilion, their sand pavilion. on the beach. And then this is another instance of them just taking things, l- like, literally. Like, mm-hmm. that speech about, like, Oberyn told me, choose the, he, like, said the spear or the tears. Like, choose Fuck, one. it sucked so bad. And, but that didn't literally mean take a spear and throw it through some dude's head. It yeah. was, like, symbolism. So, fucking, she goes, so she shows up, and then Obara says, will it be war? And then they say, we don't have an army without Doran. And then Alaria responds with, Cersei loves her children. Nobody's saying anything to anybody. They're just saying words. And all this needed was fucking, like, she throws, she says the literal spear thing and actually throws a spear through a man's head. And then in writing on the screen, it says, Sand Snakes. And then the song starts, like, Arabian Nights. Like, that's all this scene needed to be complete. Because that's basically <laughs> what was happening. Yeah. Oh, it's like really like it's the worst. It's like it's so like exotified and like very bad. Um, so they so then Tyene's like we have a problem, and then she uses her whip to whip. This guy's buried up to his neck in sand, and then she whips a bucket off of his head so you can see him, and he has scorpions on him. <laughs> like what the fuck is going on? And he's the one that told them that Jamie Lannister was here. Cause so why they are they gonna kill him? They recognize Jamie Lannister, but the guards don't. And then they're gonna kill him. And then Ilaria says, it's Doran's way in peace or my way in war because these guys got fucking masters of fine arts and writing. Um, so what, and then what she- happens is a guy's like, hey, I know you. You're one of the famed Sand Snakes. Let me tell you this. Jamie Lannister is in Dorne. This is, seems like information you would like to know. And then he dies. Yeah, and then he gets fucking obliterated with a spear to the face. Yeah. Which is... I don't. I don't know why. Like I probably because I wasn't paying attention. But the first time I watched this episode, I thought because they were like this ship's captain, and I thought it was Salador San, <gasps> and I was like, <sighs> oh my god, no! Why would they do no. that? But then it was like, oh, it's just some unnamed brown man. Mm-hmm. So so Tyene's like, it's my, it's your way in war, mom. I love you. And then she says, "Are you with me, Obara?" 
And to this yes or no question, Obara chooses the third option, which is just fucking monologuing. In one of the notes things, it was like, none of these women are actually her daughters in the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, are you with me, Obara? When I was a child, my dad came to take me to court. I hadn't yeah. seen him before. My mother wept and said that I was too young, and Oberon tossed a spear at my feet and then pointed to my mother's tears. It's a yes or no question! Sorella is my favorite sand. Yeah, she's very good. She's not in this, though. So then she says, TLDR, yeah, sure, I'm with you. Yeah, let's kill this And guy. then no-scopes the guy in the head. Yeah, three, 360 no-scopes this, like, innocent ship's captain. Yeah. Anyway, it's very good. Women on top. Um, yeah, I fucking... Oh, man, Dorne's really good. So Tyrion's mumbling, and this is the beginning of comedy Tyrion, I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't think he ever shows grief again. No, he doesn't. Um, so now he's like... Jorah has him on the boat, and he has a mouth gag, and he's, like, doing very annoying noises until he takes it off. He takes so it off, and then Tyrion's like, I see a bear sigil, and you're very big, and you have blonde hair, and also this, that means you're Jorah, that means you're Jorah Mormon's mm. son. That and means, there's Alpha there's Centauri, Alpha that tells us that we're going east, that, and hey! That means you're planning to take me to the Dragon Queen, Daenerys, and I'm that the means gift. That, and you're in Volantis, because you were banished, and that means I'm the gift. And he just knows all this. Because he drinks and it's knows things. He looks over and he sees the fucking bear sigil just out in the open, and he puts it all together in five fucking seconds now that he can talk. But my favorite thing is that, like, it just seemed like the bear sigil was conveniently showing. It was like, like his bag had a hole in it, and you could just see the entire bear sigil. <sighs> I know. And then Jorah backhands him for badmouthing his bad friend zone plan, and that's pretty much it. That's it. And he knocks him out again, because Jorah is like... Really good at knocking people out forever. Yeah, and Jorah gives him two coins and says, a crown for a king. And he, he 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 puts two coins on his head and he has like a shitty little lighter, but it doesn't melt fast enough. Uh-huh. He's like, a crown? Shit, and never then, mind. And uh, then, believe it or not, we get to the worst part of the episode. <laughs> the thing about this part of the episode is that it was it was bad. So it starts with uh, Barry talking to Danny and getting some she's, lines in because he's about to die. She's looking out of her, out her balcony, and Barristan's like, I was just thinking about Rhaegar today. And he loved to sing, he loved and he was sing. amazing at it. And not good he at used, fighting. He used his karaoke dollars to fund orphanages. Yeah. He would just go win karaoke contests and then just give it to who the fuck ever. And he didn't take Liana Stark to the Tower of Joy. He went to Tijuana, Mexico, and he opened an orphanage, and no one ever heard from him again. <laughs> With Andy Dufresne. <laughs> it's me, Barristan Selmy. <laughs> that would have been some good casting, right? That would have been pretty good. I mean, it, it, like, it is still good, but like... Oh yeah, because like... I could hey, carve we, through the six of you like cutting a cake. Oh yeah, because he would be like, I do declare I'm not a fighter. I don't know how I would be able to do it. very many fight scenes, March of the Penguins. I, I like how our Morgan Freeman at some point always becomes Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> Nah, I say. I um, do declare the rubies in the Ruby Ford were named. <laughs> he sighed a woman's name as he died. I do. De- I'm just a simple hyper chicken. I who, I'm just maybe a southern hyperloid chicken who doesn't know marinish laws. But okay. it's time for me to go die. <laughs> the- the joke was originally going to be the bear stand wouldn't have to do any fight scenes except for this, but he got more scene- fight scenes than Arya Hota, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay, so 
So he tells the story about how Rhaegar's good, and then Hisdar shows up, and everybody's like, this asshole pussy, I hate him. Yeah, like, they're like, what are you, gay? Because he's like, basically. he's like, my queen, the sons of the Harpy are attacking once again. We have to do something. And they're like, okay, loser, nerd. Okay, yeah, do one push-up right now. Yeah, I dare you. Do I one dare push-up. You to, I dare you to show me a bicep. No, not on your knees. And, yeah, and, then, a- and then Arya, like, she comes in, she says, not a girl push-up, and then she, like, disappears. Yeah. And then Brienne runs in and hits the dab. <laughs> Brienne hits the dab and murders 73 men. <laughs> she hits the dab while she's, like, loading a crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that was cool. That's my light bringer for this week, was when Brienne hit the dab and she killed everybody with crossbow. Yeah. It was very good. So, Hisdar wants to open the fighting pits again. And then, like, they do the thing where it's like, this is going to win us some fucking Emmys, where, like, he monologues while, like, we see shit happening. Mm-hmm. The Sons of the Harpy are going out, and then we see the evil lady, the evil Harpy, the one woman of the Harpy. Mm-hmm. And the Harpy go and kill everyone, and, like, it's a lot like the straight-edge Faith Militant, I guess, but it doesn't matter, and it's not parallel in any other way. Um, and the Unsullied run over, and then we see the evil lady who's, like, pretending that she's sad that all the people died. But then they walk away, and she makes late evil face. She makes late evil face. Her face zips open, and a flaming skull comes out, and it <laughs> says Halo 3. <laughs> Fuck. I love that joke. <laughs> so then they get led into a trap, and they decide... To- <laughs> Hey, hey, Unsullied, let's split up, gang! You know that's not, like, a thing made up, right? You know there was a Halo game where one of the advertisements was a flaming skull flies out of Master Chief's head. Oh, no, I just, I think it's a very funny bit. I okay. I don't know the reference at all. It's actually a real thing that happened. Okay. <laughs> I assumed, like, because <laughs> it was a really weird pull when you were just like, yeah, and then Olena's face explodes into a flaming skull. Yeah, there, I, I don't know if it was Halo 2, but there was an advertisement where Master Chief's head explodes into a flaming skull at the screen, and then it says Halo. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Man, that's a good game. I love how high you can jump. <laughs> Fuck, I love Halo. All right. So... So the only thing that we pretty much know about the way that Unsullied fight is that they don't split up, gang. They've they, been trained by Phalanx since they were, like, like they two don't, years they old. They don't split up, and they don't feel pain, and they're the best fighters in the world. Except for this, where they they all split up, and they start screaming in agony. Like, I, I fucking... I even saw people saying, like, what was... Well, uh, actually, the Unsullied are, are bred to fight in, in Phalanx formation on a battlefield. They're not taught to fight in close quarters like this. But if you look... Even like there, there it was basically a long hallway, like on two sides, where they were surrounded yeah. on two sides. Like you still could have formed a line both it's ways. Three dimensional space. You have shields and spears, but yeah, instead you they, have a whole wall. But like, what are you doing? But instead, they all go fight one on one against these guys who are just like guys, like just dudes and men, just like these rich assholes. And somehow they can defeat an elite fighting force. And then Barristan and Selmy goes and dies too. By the way, yeah. So yeah, Barristan hears a bell ringing and he sees some people running, and um, and then Grey Worm gets his helmet knocked off, so you know which death is important out of all of this. Mm-hmm. And man, it's fucking. I gotta tell you, it's really fun to just watch people in masks kill other people in masks back and forth for five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a really. It's man, it's fucking gripping. And, like um, Barristan is like pretty old, but everyone's like, yeah. Even though he's really old, he's probably still like ranked like. Power rankings top five yeah. fighters in he the could, world. He could still carve through the lot of you, like, like cutting hey, a cake. Yeah. And then he um, just dies by unnamed, unfaced mask man. Yeah. And, like, and also, like, he, like, the scenes are, like, 
like you can tell they're shooting a scene for an old man, but like he still looks all right. Like it still looks like he knows what he's doing, which, which makes it more weird that they just did blackfish like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Grey Worm gets surrounded and then Baristan gets the save and then he gets stabbed in the chest and he's about to get his throat cut. But then Grey Worm saves the day, but also not really because he dies anyway. And that's it. Yeah. Nice. I really I was like, oh, good. Oh, good. They're just they're just like. TV knocked out, like they're gonna be fine. Oh no, he, uh, only the old man died that everyone likes. Yeah, but then I remember it was the, and like I remember the, the Reddit discourse was like pretty much that too. And then there was the, like, pre- next week on Game of Thrones, and it was Baristan's funeral pyre. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Well, alright. Well, he could be sleeping, we haven't seen the episode yet, and could just be his bed. Could just, he's, he, they could be, they're putting him in a home. Putting him, they're gonna they're gonna send him back to Westeros because he's too old to protect them. Mm-hmm. And the bullshit excuse was like, "Oh, we we wanted Daenerys to feel to begin to feel isolated." Like two episodes later, she gets the fucking gift. Yeah, like no, <laughs> it's so like why even fucking have Baristan in the goddamn show? I know. Like, like what was his purpose? I mean that fuck that Kingsguard dismissal scene was good. It was very but that's good. it. But also that was directly from the books. And season one was good. Well, that's the episode. It was terrible. Yeah, that's the episode. That's yeah, it was very, it was very bad. War of the week. War of the week. War of the week. Thanks. Thanks, Kim. I just pointed at Kim and she knew. I felt it. <laughs> has Has Kim not finished Stranger Things? No, she yet? has. You're just rewatching yeah. it. So you, yeah, Brooks asked if you finish Stranger Things. And yeah. And you're just watching it again? Yep. If it's very good? Yep. Okay. I'm very hungry. <laughs> All right, cool. Did you say I'm very hungry? Hmm? Did you say I'm very hungry? Yeah. You want to go get food? Arby's. Oh, I'm not thinking that, but okay. Work of the week. It's good mood food. It's good, it had, yes. It's good mood food. It's good mood food. Arby's. Um, Arby's. Character's welcome. So, okay, so Melisandre says that she needs Jon to fight in the war for life. She's old. And she's old, Warg of the Week. (laughs) (laughs) So then, she takes out her boobs and her vagina. Mm -hmm. Now, so why did she do this? Jon, we know from from his previous encounter with Egret, has a penis. He has a penis. Uh, Yeah, I guess. No, we so we saw a tip. Mm-hmm. So, but we know that in that encounter, he only used his tongue. So I'm thinking, what if the the life that Melisandre was talking about was like the creation of a of like a third person, like a smaller person that could like fit? Because we know we know that Melisandre can like hold things in her belly because mm-hmm. she had the shadow in there. Stabilize. So my son. Yeah, there's there's the shadow the shadow boy in there. Mm-hmm. So. If perhaps they were to do something with their their private parts, they might be able to do some sort of like genetic warging. And by doing so, and let me back up. Okay, okay. So if John were to commune with Melisandre in some way, perhaps something to do with it, I don't know why else she would take out her private parts unless they were very important to this communion. This communion, and were to say were to connect them with Melisandre's private parts, then they might warg together and create a third independent small person. And we know that Mel has a stretchy belly from the Shadow Boy. Yes. So I would assume she would be the one to carry the third smaller person. 
through this sort of genetic warging. And by doing so and creating this third smaller person, they would win or at least have a good fight in the battle for life by literally creating another life. And the reason – so by bringing out her private parts, she was trying to share a secret function of these private zones. And she was interested in John's private parts as well. So I have a hunch that a sort of private communion between them might might lead to a host through which the genetic material might be warged. In the same way that the army of the dead creates more dead, these sort of these uh, these penile and vaginal tools might be used in order to warg new beings into existence. Okay, I'm imagining just like a guy in a lab coat with a big magnifying glass, and he's just looking at John Snow's dick. Yeah, I mean that was me. I was just like I in like I, like I was NCIS this whole like in the Egret episode, just like enhance, enhance, enhance. And then he did he did have a dicky. Um, and then there, fuck, what are we saying? There was the episode where he came back to life and he had an enormous cock, he had an enormous cock. Um. <laughs> he had what? He had, a, he had an enormous, enormous cock. Kim, do you remember? Oh, ah, hold on. Um, in the episode when Jon Snow came back to life, did he have, did he have an en- enormous cock? Yeah, was it, wouldn't it have been funny if he was cranking his hog? What did he have in that episode? A dick? An, an, an enormous cock? A big dick? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> An enormous cock? Yeah, I mean, that's I, it. Okay, I'm thank not, you. I'm, I'm not a prescriptivist. Like, you know, like like words like words come into meaning through use. Like, he, he could have a big dick as well. Twelve times. Jeez. Okay, have fun in the upside down. Here I go. <laughs> Someone doesn't want to talk about John says dick. In the, up, in the upside down, John just gets an enormous ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our world, but different. Yeah. Uh, Fuck Strange Things is so good. Questions. If you have a question, email us at postgot at gmail.com or send us an ask on our Tumblr page, postgameofthrones.tumblr.com. That's what's And while you're, while you're at it, uh, make sure to send in some some fun French names for Eddie to say on our D&D yeah. podcast. Like, this is a name that's not real. Because I'm not going to name anyone like... X. am not going to name anyone Excalibur... But I'm, they're also not going to be Fred. So find a good balance. Mm. Unless they're a dog named Fred. Like, that would be funny. Fuck, that would be good. Uh, we met a dog in the No. I mean, we met, like, angry dogs. We met a dire wolf. Yeah. Uh, sick. Friend of the show, Tumblr user Chie Satanaka has asked a question. And this says, My friend Ember is a bartender, and the guy who plays Sam showed up in her bar last night. He was very nice and brought drinks for many people. No question, just wanted to share. Hey. Nice. Great. Also, uh, another question. Hey, what if it was called Milk of the Poopy? Fuck, that'd be really funny. It'd be very funny. I don't know if it would be funnier if it was called that or if it wasn't called that, and then somebody just called it that as a joke. Uh-huh. That's that's going to be on, like, season seven, like, bloopers from the set. So I was going to say, Tyrion will say Milk of the Poopy, and everyone will laugh. Yeah, and then, what if it was called Milk of the Poopy, and then, like, you called it as a joke, Milk of the Dookie? That's another word for shit. It would be good. Yeah. Anonymous asked the question. This is for Brooks. <laughs> Fuck. I told my friend that you like Happy Feet, and he wants to know what you think of the sequel, Happy Feet 2. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. Um, I didn't, I didn't really, like, I appreciated that Happy Feet was PG. Have you seen Happy Feet 2, Eddie? No, I have not. Okay, Is Happy well, Feet 2 rated R? Yeah, that was the, that was my main problem with it. And the thing is, they didn't really, like, even use it that much 
in the thing. Like it was mostly just like Penguin singing songs, but like it opened up with Mumble and Gloria, his girlfriend, and it was just like an eight minute scene of just Mumble's bare ass slapping as they like just had fucking raging missionary sex. Did the penguin say fuck? Only once, which you can do when it's PG thirteen. So after the sex scene, there's just like eighty minutes of just like I jump, I move, I stop, and then, and then they're just like at the Penguin Club and get low by Lil John and the East Side Boys comes on, like and then Mumble's like, Mumble's like Gloria, fuck, we gotta dance, but then they play the censored version, huh? Weird. I didn't like it as much. I haven't seen. I've, I'm really yet. not a fan of the kids' bop version of Lil John and the East Side Boys featuring the Yin Yang Twins get low. Fuck, was it not the East Side Boys? What? What did I say? You said the Ying Yang Twins. They're in that too. Oh, okay. They, they like to see ass and titties. They say it in the song. Yeah, it's a very inclusive song. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Happy Feet 3. Uh, I, I went on the Wikipedia page for the director pretty soon to kind of like just check what the status of that is. Um, and it's still like they're still... They're, very, they're a very artistic bunch, the makers of these movies. And they're very... They're very, like, we don't want to make a movie that, like, we believed in the first two. Like, we don't want to, like, just fucking shit out a third. Okay. Which is weird, because it was on the Kids' Choice Awards red carpet. And you're just like, we don't want to just, like, take a fat steamer on you. And so, it's weird, because he, he swore more on the red carpet than they actually did in Happy Feet 2. Hmm. Gotta learn to, um, come on, get your messaging across the right way. And, like, the thing about Happy Feet 2 is I went and I checked, and, like, I was like, why is this rated R? It could be PG-13. And then, like, the 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 ratings board, like, it just said for use of racial slurs. Oh. And they're, oh, I don't this remember is, this any. Is the movie when Jared Leto, like, really, like, method acted to become a penguin? Yeah. And he sent yeah, and all he would, his like, friends, like... Dead fish and shit. Yeah, he he sent Will he sent Will Smith a dead krill. Will Smith isn't it, even in this movie, and he's like, I don't like this guy. Yeah, I haven't seen Happy Feet too. No, but uh, <laughs> I want to. Uh, enemy of the show, Tremampoline. Wouldn't it be fucking funny if they fucked though? It would if the penguins. I mean, canonically they did, right? Like the the isn't well, like the hard song is like isn't Happy Fe- Happy Feet is about trying to fuck. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I've only seen two episodes of Steven Universe, but I think it's like Gem Fusion. Yeah, it's about you then, sing a song, and then the girl penguin wants to fuck you. That's what the movie's about. You go, I jump, I move, I come, and then you come, and then... <laughs> Have you guys heard that song? Because I reference it every episode. <laughs> it's the only episode. I, I'm pretty sure they sing, like, Killer Queen and shit, too, but it's the only one I can remember. Uh, enemy of the show, Matt from Ampoline asked a question. Hey, <laughs> hey, rowdy boys! Who would win? In Evil a, bastard of the show. Who would win in a fight? Show Ario Hota or Alola Executor? <laughs> oh, hey, everybody! It's Matt here from Pokemon. Uh, hey, listen, who would be? Who would win in a fight? Um, this very tall man that's made out of trees, or a man with the sharpest sword that so, could cut anything? Okay, I'm gonna have to call like stalemate on this one because as of this point. In our current universe timeline, we have seen neither of their battle abilities. That's fair. Arya Hota never <laughs> fought anyone, and we've never seen Alola Executor fight anyone. God, can you imagine? For all we know, Arya Hota is very weak to steel type, and that's why that dagger took him down so bad. That fucking, that makes a lot of sense. Can you imagine Alola Executor killing Eris Oakheart? <laughs> so Alola Executor, like... Eris Oakheart doing death charge. I'm just imagining is like Ned stood be- and his wraith stood beside him, and in his posse <laughs> is just like one giant fucking executor as tall as the Tower of Joy itself. They were six versus one, and then there was also this. 
Now it ends. <laughs> you just hear distantly, and now it ends! Because that's what a little executor sounds like. Mm-hmm. In the fantasy world, they, um, they, they say British things. Also, he adds, also, isn't it nice that this is the last time Cersei mentioned Sansa or the Boltons in any way? There was that random time once in season six. But I'm pretty sure it's the last time except for... Because I know Littlefinger goes to Cersei and she's like, Hey, what are you doing? And then he's like, Don't worry about it. And then it's fine. And then and then he's like, Have you found Tyrion yet? And she's like, Who? <laughs> and then she, like, I don't know, goes to heat up a cake cuisine. Uh, Tumblr user Dork Phoenix asked a question. Hey, boys. My favorite part is when you guys talk about stuff from the book you like. So a series. Ours you, too. So when you so a series where you talk about the plot and characters would be very cool. Talk about the stuff you like about the books, or just in general, because the season is bad. That would be very fun and good. Yeah, I think I think we talked about this before, but after we get through this nightmare, I want to do one that's like because so many people are like, "Hey, I don't know what Game of Thrones is, or watch it, or read it, but I listen to your podcast." If we could just do one that's like, here's what Game of Thrones is, yeah. and here are all to, the people I like. We have to find a way to do it that's not just like us reading the Game of Thrones wiki or the Song of Ice and Fire wiki the whole time. True, because that's definitely my steez. Like, I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, we're doing a Dorn episode. Let me just like, ho- let me just like get Ariana Dorn's entire shit up real quick. Yeah, I'd like to read this chapter to you. It's called The Princess in the Tower. Fuck, it's really good. And it's me making an audiobook and George R. R. Martin killing me in my sleep. <laughs> Are you? You haven't started to dance with dragons yet, right? No. Okay. Just, take, take a, just, yeah, I'm taking a little break. Haven't you? Yeah, you've had a busy week. Didn't you get your 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 tooth boys out? I I had a root canal, and it was very oh. bad. Yeah, I I heard that you you didn't get um any any milk of the. Of I didn't the, get. They didn't give me milk of the poopy. Milk of the dump shit. And the thing is, while it's happening, you're just like hearing all this like and like your teeth are exploding and all this, and the guy's like, hey, do you want to see your nerve? And I was like, yes! And he pulled it out and he showed me my nerve in my tooth. Uh-huh. But I was like, I don't know what's actually happening, so I went home and I looked up root canal videos on YouTube, and <laughs> they just drill a hole in your tooth. That's cool. I mean, it's pretty cool. But it hurt. A yeah. Lot. Um, Tumblr user taking turns at random asked a couple questions. Uh, first one. Can you guys talk about how in show canon, the more noble and skilled a warrior, it, a warrior is, the easier it is to kill him because it is shocking and therefore dramatically satisfying? <laughs> By this logic, Damon Blackfire, the Dragon Knight, Brienne, and Jamie should all be literally a bug bite away from death at any given time. See, that's why I worry about the Alola Exeggutor question, because I underestimate the fuck out of that fool. Like, I, I really feel like, I, I live in Florida, we have five miles an hour breezes all the time, like, that dude's gonna be toast at the slightest breeze. Is he grass and dragon, or psychic and dragon? I thought grass and dragon, but I, don't, I tried not to do research on God's coconut mistake. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just about, wow, you're told they were good, and then they weren't, isn't this good writing? Yeah, it's very good writing. Um, yeah, it's, it's like how we've never seen, we never saw Baristan win a fight, we never saw Arthur Dane win a fight, um... Also, part two, uh, how about how Tyrion is shown to be very close to and beloved by Marcella and Tommen in the very first episode, but that is then literally never mentioned ever again? No, well, he's a good guy, and that's why he ships Marcella off to Dorne as, like, a political pawn. Of course. Because he's a good guy. Uh, last question. Oh, we're running long on this one, huh? Yeah. Uh, a lot to be... It was a... Mean My about. thing about the... It was a bad episode, and we had a lot to talk about. 
Uh, Tumblr user Billbox Fieri asked a question. Ooh. For a while, I listened to your podcast and was not going to read the books or watch the show. I, oh, but we fucking sold you on it, didn't yeah, we? I adamantly good... refused to watch the show. However, recently I gave in and read Game of Thrones, and I'm reading A Clash of Kings now. I love Sansa and Bran so much. They're precious and important. Unfortunately, yes, they are. Unfortunately, my friends that only watch the show disagree. How do I convince my show-only friends of how wonderful these characters That's are? That's weird that people watch the show. People watching the show don't care about Sansa or Bran. That's like, really weird. The thing is that not to be like shitty internet cynical guy, but like you can't. Like they have no evidence to prove that that's a, that's real. Yeah, they okay. only know these characters as being like wildly the characterization like massively going from one end to the other or exposition box. So like, yeah, I don't like I, like a grad school tip that I always got is like, hey, like every paragraph that you when you're reading a book, put a gummy bear on it, and then like when you read it. Like, every paragraph, you get a gummy bear, and that, ke- that keeps you reading. So maybe if you, like, start up, like, that system with them, and, like, you, you just, like, sit next to them at the coffee house when they're, when they're, when they're reading it, when they start to read Game of Thrones, you go, like, we should turn back, Will said to Garrett, that's a gummy bear right there. And then you just Perfect. continue for a thousand pages. A thousand pages. Uh, Bran, like, isn't one of my favorite characters, but at least in the books, I, like, know he's extremely important to the narrative. Oh yeah, he's the he's the door to the whole like mystic like fucking like fantasy the, element of the shit. Yeah, but in the show he just sucks and Sansa sucks too. Like you can't like if they don't want to read the books like it's it's a feudal it's especially like it's so weird because like say someone who watches Game of Thrones and is caught up on Game of Thrones and has seen 6 seasons of the show, if you ask them to be like, "Hey, maybe read the books." They're like, "I'm not doing that nerd shit." Yeah. Like you watch I love it. Westeros. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, that is like a big difference. Like people who read the books, like they they're fucking like, mm, they're thirsty for that like kitty pool of pee. Like anything that he releases, like any like we're fucking like all over his live journal. Like, oh, he said that the monkey on his back was getting smaller. That means that he's written sixty pages in the last. Like, but yeah, people really don't give a shit when they watch the show. Yeah, most of them don't. Yeah, I, I um, I heard a new one from a show watcher recently, um, who just said that George is waiting for the show to be done, and then he's just going to do a novelization of the show. What? Because he was like he he just couldn't do it on his like he just he, the show did it like the show is successful like why wouldn't he just copy the show? Oh, uh, yeah, that that makes very sense. Is this someone? I swear who, to God, I swear to God, a person said this. This is a person who also thinks like Talisa was a Lannister spy. No, because I think that's like a theory that requires evidence. Oh, is Arya cool? Yeah, I think the thing about Arya is that she's cool. Great, and she's Wolverine. That's the that's the episode. It was bad. That's the episode. <sighs> Fuck! I didn't even, I didn't drink my crinkle drink. Goddamn all. We're just going going wild on this one. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can send us stuff at postgot at gmail.com or send us an ask on our Tumblr, postgamerthrones.tumblr.com. Listen to Fantastic Satisfaction. It's getting its own feed soon, trademark. Yeah, there's... Yeah, we're working with enemy of the show, Matt Tramampoline, on getting it hosted and everything. Um, but... Much much like um, when the Lannisters and Dornish, you know, married. I mean, when the, the Targaryens and Dorn, and, and Dorn married and... 
I don't know. No, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh, post Game of Thrones and Elite Four Restore, the two pillars that the world rests on. I, ch- I challenge um, Matt Tremampoline when uh, Sun and Moon are released, we have to do a best of seven battle series. Fuck yes. But yeah, listen to Fantastic Satisfaction. You should listen to it because, like, I'm like it's not a gimmick when I'm just like fuck. I have to watch this again, and it's just the, it's the complete op- like we have to do two more of these, and I'm fucking miserable. Oh, but, I forget if I uh, did I ever mention this? The winners of our our contest. Uh, I think you just said you'd be in contact with them. I did. Uh, t- previous red email. Uh, Tumblr user taking turns at random one. And chose the contest uh, winning choice of being on an episode of Post Game of Thrones. Oh. And because, w- like, our time timeline fucked up because some weeks were just like, yeah, we're not going to do it. But right. they said um, they wanted to be on the last episode, episode six, Unbound and Venom Broken. Oh, God, why? Okay, sure. So, <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. So we'll see if that still works out. But Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Fantastic Satisfaction is much better than Game of Thrones because I write it. Yeah, Eddie Rice and it's very good. Um, very good. The latest I'm episode like, is just out. There was a murder. Yeah, there was a murder. Um, yeah, we got real fucked. Like, <laughs> how how are these boys gonna get out of this one? Yeah, those Duke boys. I do declare. I do. I may just be a Southern Duke car who knows not the ways of war. <laughs> I may be Lightning McQueen from the Cars Pixar series. It's me, Larry the Cable Guy. And I'm a tow it's- truck. Like Tomato without the tuh. But seen- Cars was good. You saw the movie Cars? Of course you saw Cars. Oh, I- hey everybody, it's me, Eddie. Pixar movies are bad. What are you saying? I've never seen Cars. It's good. It's a, you know, it's about Cars, but it's a lot more about the human condition than you might think. That's- you learn that you, you learn that winning isn't everything, you know? No spoilers, but uh, it's a lot like Rocky 1 in a lot of ways. That's the episode. Thank you, Sonic the Hedgehog. That's the episode of Sonic the Hedgehog. Teens. Cars 2. I dare you to watch the movie Cars 2. Milk of the Poopy. Milk of the Poopy. G.O.T. to go. God's Coconut Mistake. God's Coconut Mistake. Um, damn it, I was trying to remember Ruto Cherry Wine's catchphrase, but I can't. He does a, he does a cartwheel. Yeah, just... It's me doing a cartwheel. Jokes. Jokes.